Lots and lots of things, almost everything to play in the DTO. You can play North Africa today. Oh, and by the way, blah, the box art is stellar. If all this makes you drool, just wait till you hear the residual story. If Module 7 you seek, but have admitted defeat your in-law. There's Italian elites like the Bersaglieri and Folgore. Infantry, Eritrean soldiers of Negus. Wait, there's more, Two boards you see, 31 and 30, they're unmounted, they're unmounted. But unlike the first time, there's at least 49 scenarios. One more thing, desert overlays definitely are also included. You will pay about 170, call up MMP, a third edition, they'll sell ya. Lucky fella. If all this makes you drool, just wait till you get your shiny copy. When your collection's complete with the new counter sheets, you'll be so happy. The legions it is finally restored to all of its glory. When will it, when will it ship next Monday? That's a whole nother story. A story, another story. again to another exciting episode of the two half squads the only podcast on the net dedicated 100 to the greatest game in the build as advanced squad leader do it in semaphore we're going to do the entire show in semaphore so if you're driving this is going to be really dull <laughs> i am dave i'm jeff 
And we are silly boys. And we have been on the air, Dave. I have to shake your hand, but I can't quite reach you. The room is so big. Yeah, there we go. Um, we have passed the 15-year mark of the two half squads. Yep, kind of crazy. And for those of you who have sent money asking us to stop doing the show, please continue to send money. Because eventually we will. <laughs> But for all the people that said you'll never get to 15 years ever, think of all those people that have said yeah. that to us. The heck with you world. guys. Yeah. We kept, just to spite you, we have kept going. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason. It's not that we love the game. We yeah. just love to be it's, right. We certainly don't love each other or the game. So it's been a real struggle. But we did it. When Boy, when they write the book about this, whole thing it's going to be really an, an expose it's going to be really shocking to a lot of people like simon and garfunkel yeah exactly like uh buddy and holly a lot of those <laughs> a lot of those duos didn't do well abbott and costello they got into yes. fights didn't they and break up and mm -hmm. not us dave we're in it for the long run we are because i won't let you quit we'll be like yeah. 90 years old I remember 42 years ago when we started this podcast. Well, we have such creative help like Dennis Donovan. Yes. Thank goodness for our, our the wonderful listeners that contribute to the show. Dennis had that great song. He did the the uh, words to that song. Concept and, I, and lyrics. And I must say you performed it very well. Oh, it wasn't me. It was the two half squad singers. Oh, well, they were fantastic. And it made me want a pizza pie. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Really did. No, that was really good. Grant, yeah, really fun, mm -hmm. fun lyrics. More of those, Dennis, please. Could always use more. So what's going on? Well, we had that fun Frostgrave Saturday night. Yeah, we did. Game. Yeah, that was a fun game. I feel like I'm still learning. Every time I play it, I feel like it's the first time I played it. But I really had a good time. Yeah, it's harder to remember things than being young. Or is it that we played so many games? I think so. That is this the one where they move twice, but the second one's at half speed, or yeah. is that D and D, or is yeah. that that other skirmish game, or yeah. that board game, or yeah? But we uh, it was a good group, just four of us playing, and and we had a good time. Mm -hmm. I did do D and D with the family last night. Oh, interesting! And again, that's fun because they're all rookies. Yeah, so they get into it and yeah it's more it's fun when there's no one to argue with about rule interpretations or what you know it's the one time the family can get together and not argue about stuff <laughs> yeah what a great fun. idea yeah yeah like my one my one niece is a druid she became a brown bear in her form change, you know. Oh, okay. She's a shape-shifting yeah, druid. Yeah, druid. And then she, at one point, it said, all right, we'll move your figure over to that spot if you're attacking there. She goes, <laughs> she just grabbed, she goes, I'm a big old mama bear. And she moved it. Just that kind of fun. Yeah. Their imaginations, they're younger. My sister and brother-in-law are older, but they're younger. Laura played and Megan. So it's yeah, and you get to see the, a different side of people if they loosen up a little bit. When they finally loosen up, you get to see their funner side. Yeah, which is always nice. Let me ask you, who won? The party. The the party won. The party won. How about that? Yeah, for, who won? Frostgrave was that? 
Did you get three treasures or? I got two. I only got two treasures. Who got three? Um, Chris. Chris. Yeah. All right. Chris. Justin, Justin got yeah. two as well. But you all won because you all got some treasure and got off the board. Yeah. And yeah, nobody died. Nobody was hurt. And D&D, D &D, the lizard men lost. Oh, no. The lizard fall. Oh, let's pause Once again. Let's pause for a moment of silence for the lizard men. Yeah. Now, if I was a lizard folk, I wouldn't have minded being dumped in my kayak again. Yeah. Oh, you got, you have to tell the story. I can't believe you got dumped again. So people may remember the first story. That was the Des Plains River. And this time we went on the Nippersink for those Illinoisans or people who like to look things up on maps. A really windy river and a windy day and cold. And I keep saying it was 52 degrees. My wife keeps saying it was 58. And then uh, there was a wind chill. I think it had to be like a 20 mile plus hour, mile hour winds. My wife thinks they were less. I say, uh, no. I mean, keep trying to minimize yeah. the horror of what happened to me that day. The white caps, I'm sure, <laughs> were, had you a little nervous just setting out. So last time that river ran us under some bridges where we had to duck to go under that surprised us because the water level was high enough. This time it was about a foot lower, but still running pretty swiftly. Yeah. And uh, which meant there were exposed rock. Eh, it's not really rapids, right? Or it's rapids, right? It's rapid. What's the definition of of a rapid? <laughs> yeah. Anything faster than you want to you want it to be. Yeah, we did not rapid. want it to have to collide with these rocks. Yeah. Anything over meandering is rapid <laughs> to me. And so Laura tried to get us. She She's the guy. She goes first. And then she goes, no, no, go left, left. And she got through a, where it narrowed a little. And then I couldn't get over that way. Hit the rocks sideways. And I'm like, okay, behind me going down is the cliff edge. Like a cliff edge. It's like two, you know, a foot to two feet tall banks. This is a really dug in creek technically, but felt like a river and behind me it, it's swooshing down along the side which i kind of thought i could go that way to start with but there were some rocks up ahead of that so i'm pushing off going okay i want to go forward where laura went and i keep inching backward a little and i'm like no trying to grab the rocks with this paddle and pull forward and off the rocks so i can move and it spins my tail around, and I start going down the sh rapid chute backwards. Oh. So I go, this probably is not going to end. See, and well, <laughs> you were not thinking positively, Dave, and that, that was your downfall. I right did there. think, well, I think I can make it backwards if I just hold still. Yeah. But I remember there were bigger rocks further down in that chute area. The shoot, yeah, the, the water was really pouring faster there, yeah. And sure enough, I hit something or the wind or the I didn't knock myself over like I did the first time and into the water and up onto the bank, crawling out. And how deep was the water there? I it did, I could feel it trying to pull my feet out from under me. Oh, when I stood up yeah. to get up on the bank. But I think it was only below my knees. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no real risk of drowning. I yeah. But I'm thinking hypothermia, so I get up on the. You, you know, you can drown. No, don't don't minimize this, Dave. You can drown in a teaspoon of water. <laughs> you just have to do it properly. Yes. Yes. You you have to hold still, and your wife has to be have a steady hand. 
Yeah, so I crawled up on that bank and and you know how they say don't panic. Yeah. Well, I wasn't very good at not panicking. Yeah. But I didn't totally panic. So I'm like, oh no, oh no, it's cold. It's cold. The water was cold. The wind was cold. The, there was a slight drizzle of cold. The sun was not out. And the, uh, I think I was going in circles. And then Laura grabbed the kayak, pulled up into an area along the bank. And I said, I'm effed. <laughs> I swore a lot. And which is, I'm hard. It's hard for me to believe. I can't even picture it, really. And I did start looking. Okay, am I walking along the shore? Because, and I'm looking, looking everywhere. And there's, there's barns. There's farms around. They're pretty far away. And you think it's, it's in this populated area, but when you're standing there, soaking wet in the cold, and you realize how far it is to walk anywhere, yeah, in that condition. And so Laura says, "We, well, you have to get your clothes off." Like, yeah, right. That's right. I gotta, gotta. And so I rip off and I was wearing like this stuff, heavy cotton. I know it's dumb. Rip it off, pants, underwear off. And then it had an effect of all the local farm girls started to become attracted to our yes, area. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are the chick magnet. <laughs> no, really. Did you have to cut open a cow and crawl inside? To stay warm. One of those dolly cows. Yeah. Mariglees. <laughs> Say Mariglees. Yeah. So Laura said, well, put your underwear on. Leave that yeah. on. So I put that How many bit. times has she told you that? Oh, <laughs> no. no. And so then she says, all right, well, here's my windbreaker. So I'm in this windbreaker that won't close around the front. I don't, the... I don't know why she wears such small clothing. Yeah. <laughs> It does make you wonder, doesn't it? What's the matter with you? And in my underwear. Yeah. And then I get the kayak on the land. I just remember it's kind of a blur. And then I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I start dragging the kayak along the grass. She's like, wait, wait, I can text for help here. And I'm thinking, no, I don't want a helicopter to come down. You know, it's going to cost me money. That's true. Those helicopter pilots are always, they've always got their hands so I'm like, honey, no, there's a bridge. There's a bridge right there. I can see the bridge. And there's, I know we know there's roads on the bridge. So I got to get to that. I got to get to that. I'm going to die hypothermia. I have limited time. And I start hauling off. And then she's like, well, wait, wait. You know, it may be better to go down the creek. I'm like, no, no, no. And then she's like, well, we stop. And then the sun hit. And I started to dry a little. And. Okay, we decided to get back in the kayaks and go on down the river. So we did and made it safely to the end. Now, how many times did she have to slap you to bring you out of yeah, your pain? None. But she, she did climb out at one point too. When we thought we were going to be able to walk along the edge of the yeah. of the river creek and then get to that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was like, and then, you know, about 20 minutes drying out in there and sun out. Yeah. Maybe I will kayak again someday. So are you coming with me, Jeff? Well, I'm I'm busy writing the book about your adventures, and then I'm going to sell it to Hollywood and see if I can get Leonardo DiCaprio to play you. I think that would be a good casting. Yeah, I remember lakes are much safer. Usually. Yes. And ponds. Yeah, lakes and ponds are safer. Yep, and they're pleasant kayaking experiences also. Yeah, no, I don't... Uh... I don't think I need to go. I'm living vicariously through your adventures. 
And that's about as much of the kayaking that I'll take that I'll take at this time. But thank you. I'm glad you're okay. Yes. So that we could do another 15 years of this wonderful show. Indeed. There are probably listeners out there that are going, shoot. That was close. We could have got out of this. If only we could stop him. Mm-hmm. No. It's going to take more than drowning to stop Dave Kleinschmidt. <laughs> so let's go on with the show. Let's do that. We have some, uh, we had a fun contest. Well, it was fun for us and it was fun for the people that that sent in their name for the Eastside Gamers pack. By May 1st. Yes. So the contest is over because today is May 1st. Well, mm-hmm. I guess we, we we should give people till midnight. Nah. Oh, today's May 2nd. May 2nd. There we go. <laughs> because we're drawing this puppy. Yeah, and we got a lot of good response from this. Hundreds and hundreds. We got hundreds. And Like, like uh, seven. Seven. So I'm going to roll the 700-sided die. No, the seven-sided die here. Let me let me share my screen so that people, for you, those of you that are watching, yep. And why the, would you do that? I don't even know. Entrance in order were Richard Logan, Robert, Nate, Patrick, Richard. Other Richard was Blasco, and okay gordon michael that is the entrance in order that's all of them yep one okay. one to seven all right so i've got uh i've gone to rolladie.net they are not sponsors of this show but i like their dice roller they let me do a seven-sided die here you can see it right there oh i'm going to roll it one time and uh this you can ignore this one in the middle. It's, I've just been practicing rolling. Oh, yeah. Because it, uh-huh. it takes quite a bit of skill. You wouldn't think so, but it does. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to roll. Do we have a drum roll? No, we don't. Okay, there we go. And here we go. Ding. Four. Number four is Patrick Woodbury. Hey, Patrick. Luckily, we found him in the spam folder and yeah. pulled him out just today. Otherwise, you would have missed it. Yeah. You'd be emailing. I wonder how we got in the spam folder. That's I don't know. Really it sure. did say the reason is this looks similar to other things you saw oh, for spam. Okay. Which I'm not sure why. But. Yeah. So hopefully, Patrick, you're a real person and you will send us your address and I will get this mailed right out to you. And boy, you're going to have fun. And then stay in touch with us and let us know how much fun you had with it. Great contest. Well, what about those people that didn't win, Jeff? Don't you feel sorry for them? I think we should uh, give them another chance, don't you? Shouldn't they win double the amount of things since they didn't win that? Well, they're going to have to uh, resubmit, won't they? They will. Okay. Because we have from listener Matt. We're on the same page. Matt Zajac. Matt Zajac sent us these wonderful Schwerpunkt products. Indeed, Schwerpunkt Volume 1, which comes from October of 1996. Boy, that goes back. It's a second edition. Yeah. And Schwerpunkt Schwer- number two. I, I, it's by. Yeah. These I'm are just... from the Florida ASL Tournament collection of scenarios, yes. both of these. And to win these, what should the listeners do, Jeff? Well... Do they have to call in and yell Schwerpunkt and out loud? That's a good one. Should we? Yeah. Call in and just say Schwerpunkt and There's, then leave your name. Th- yeah, yeah. And if you could say it, no, it doesn't matter. 
all you have to do is call in and say Schwerpunkt. Does it tell us their name? No, they have to tell us their name. Okay. So if you go to our website, uh, thetwohalfsquads.com, and you go to the front page, I'm just going to ch check for it right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because when I oh. post the shows, it drops every, the information to the bottom folks. Oh, so yeah. if you're still going to the web page and Dave has posted and not fixed it, it'll drop all that info to the bottom. So just scroll all the way down. Yeah. And you I'll have, fix that today. It won't be a contest of who says Sparepunk the best or funniest, right? No, no. It'll be a random drawing. That's right. And and then and you have to give us permission to for me to make a audio collection of all the Sparepunks being said, <laughs> just in order. I would not put your name in. Could that be funny? Yes. Jeff's thinking about it. He may cancel that idea later. Well, how are they going to leave their name? I'll just edit it out. Oh, okay. I'll load them all into the okay, yes. editor. And we'll, we'll edit out your name. Sparepunked. 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 Yes. That's right. Maybe. Yes. So we'll put that uh, the link back on the page front, uh, the front of our page at the two half squats, and then you could write it, and they'll get both. Right? Yes. Except yeah, the we'll move it back to the front, and then I'll post the show in two days, and yeah. then it'll be moved I, to the sorry, bottom. I, I forgot to check. I don't well, know I how should, that I happens. Remind you. So there you go. That contest and their due date is not by the 15th, our next recording time, hopefully, but by the, the, the end of the month. And 30, 30 days has September, April, May, June, and November. April, May, so and 31st. By yeah. May 31st. April, June. And... Yeah. Okay. Oh, and all you have to do is you go to our website and you click on, I forgot this, there's a tab on the right-hand side that says record a message. That's where you leave it. Oh, the tab. The tab. And that doesn't move down when I screw it up? It does not. Great. Even easier. Yeah. Yep. I double-checked them as if he'd be wrong about that. Well, I ch just checked it now myself. It's been a while since I've called in. Sounds great. So that'll be a fun contest. Mm -hmm. Great stuff to win, and uh, that'll keep your ASL gaming going throughout the summer, probably. Indubitably. Which is just around the corner. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents through shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. So we're ready to finish rule 19 from last show. Yeah, I was, I was surprised uh, how deep that was. Unit what a sub, deep dive. Unit substitution. Yes. And there's a shortage of te substitute teachers, people. So everybody get out there and go volunteer in your local school. Rule 19.131, ammunition shortages. First of all, any more multi-man counter, which rolls an original 12, Jeff, on the die roll on the IFT table, while using his inherent firepower, suffers unit replacement. Right. Now, is that going to be changed out for the lower quality unit before or after the attack? Oh. Which caused it to happen. Oh, yeah. Is resolved. Um, after. After is correct. Yes. That's right. So if you have a four four seven, pick a four shot. If you drop to a three three seven, you still count as a four four seven for that shot. For that shot, because you took the shot. Yep. 
So yes, that makes that makes sense. Oh. Elk rules that just make sense. That which there's so many of them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> Any MMC subject to, but incapable of further quality loss, like going from an elite to a first to a second to a conscript, can't go down any further after revolution resolution of the attack is broken unless berserk yes if you can't that's true yes that is true now are all members of a fire group that fires and rolls the 12 are they all subject to the unit replacement you know i used to think so but no i think it's a random selection is that not correct you are correct yes and it is random selection technically after any malfunction or elimination of applicable support weapons because that usually happens on a 12 also right okay and with ammo shortage even lower so because unit replacement does not re occur as a result of a 12 to hit die roll but a.11 would apply because all support weapon original b numbers and x numbers and ammo depletion numbers are decreased by one during ammo shortage Yep. So yeah, okay. break a weapon and uh, reduce someone's level. Now, all during ammo shortage, all vehicle and guns are considered to have a circled B number, one lower than their inherent B number. So this. Uh, so let me get this. Let me refresh this. The circled B number. It's difficult. Yes. The circled B number is a breakdown number. It, it's the breakdown number that it that has low ammo already. Okay. And I always have to look it up. Okay. Yeah. I always have to look it up. <laughs> it's not that hard, but I think reading that. That rule, which is a separate rule, is a little awkward every time I so read it. So circle, the circled breakdown number means that that is a low ammo weapon. Yes. Okay. And so if you have an ammo shortage, yes. already considered applies. to have that going. Yeah. And those that already have a circled B number on the counter all the time, oh, typically because it's all coming back, typically because the ammo is really heavy, like yes, hundred and. 50 millimeter shells or some 200 mil. I don't even know if those exist. Um, then it has that low rate and, and low ammo because they don't stock that much of it on there. Yeah. Yeah. So if it already has that and then it is also ammo shortage, then I didn't finish the sentence. Oh, my. All vehicles have a B number one lower and their inherent B number during ammo shortage, those which already have a circle B at start of play with a low ammo counter already in place. I'm sorry, I don't know what I screwed up. Say it Say it one more time. No, it's screwed up. Oh, okay. Oh, well, we can go to the rule. I can edit. Well, there's one of these, because uh, I just happened to find there's one of these, um, Perry says, oh. I think. That might re oh, relate to this? Yes, let's read that anyway. For, for example, a gun with an inherent breakdown number of 12 is under conditions of am ammunition shortage at the start of a scenario. So does it start the scenario with a circled 10 or a circled 11? 
uh, a gun with an inherent breakdown number of 12 is under conditions of ammunition shortage at the start of the scenario. So what should the circled number be? 11. That's right. Okay, good. But that doesn't answer our question, does it? No, I think it's going to say if it has if it has a circle B number already to start playing and has low ammo, it's going to go down another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? It is kind of funny. You, you mentioned something here that kind of jogged my memory. When we play, we don't have this much trouble with the rules. It's like pulling it. It's when we're in play and we're reasoning stuff through. We kind of know this stuff. When we're pulling it out here just kind of out of the air so abstractly a lot of it's, it's the phrasing of the rules yeah and the phrasing of the rule as yes yeah and your emphasis on certain <laughs> syllables <laughs> yes now does ammo shortage have an effect on close combat you could also say it like this does ammo shortage have <laughs> an effect on well that's a different close that's a different question yeah does ammo shortage have an effect on close combat? Oh, God. No. No. Does it have an effect on snipers? No. No. Does it have an effect on residual firepower attacks? Yes. No. No. Because you're just laying the resist. Oh, yeah. And if the unit goes lower, it doesn't change the shot that it took. Because for okay. infantry, the ammo shortage just lowers that quality if they rolled boxcars i think i've been doing that right all along because i've never bothered we've never done it we, we <laughs> never changed a residual no. based on it no that's correct yeah that's part of it too you think well we've never done that but yeah. are we missing that in the rules hey we we have fun who cares if we're yeah. playing wrong we're having a good time does ammo shortage prevent placement of a fire lane just having ammo shortage. Yeah, you know, you ask a lot of darn fool questions. Yes. That is correct. Okay. Which I think I forget when I have ammo shortage. I guess you wouldn't be wasting all that ammo just, you know, firing down the street in a, a fire lane. Let's ask Ross Perot that question. That makes sense. Well, let me tell you this. If you got ammunition shortage, you shouldn't be out there fighting anyway. That's like taking a bear outside and asking him to butter up your buttercups. Y'all don't want to be doing that. That is such logical good advice. <laughs> Just down-home goodness. 19.132. Finally, I thought. Are we ever going to get to 19.132 ever? We are final year. Yeah. It's taken 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good Lord. Whenever <laughs> whenever a special scenario rule, not just an OB, specifically assigns an ELR less than or equal to four to units with an underscored morale factor, they suffer unit replacement normally, regardless of the severity of the quality drop, thereby resulting in, oh, thereby resulting, period. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. But Regardless it, of the severity of the quality drop, thereby resulting. Yeah, yeah, so that example helps you to have a 665 German goes to all the way down to the 447. Uh, 665? A 658. A 658, there you go. Goes okay. to the 447. Okay. The British 648 to a 447 also. So likewise, with a mix OB of multi-man counters, both with and without the underscored morale factor, an ELR of 
more or less would apply to those with an underscored morale factor only by special scenario rule. So that's just a teaching moment. Now you know. To finish up, well, no, not yet. Um, 19.2. It talks about the green and conscript troops. What are they, Jeff, in like ASL reality? <laughs> like, what were our green troops? How are the green conscripts different than regular good troops? Well, they're not very well trained. They're not very well trained. They're kind of inexperienced. And they are inexperienced. In fact, they have inexperienced rules. And do they then use the rules for inexperienced personnel then? Yes. Yes, they do. Like the crying rule. Like they cry like babies. Yeah. You know, there's no crying in baseball. Yeah. Well, there is crying in green and conscript. Yes, there is. Many of these green or conscript troops ever use stealth advantages? No. No, they may not. In fact, they're they're clumsy. They're bumpy. They, they make noises. They grunt. They, they yeah. stumble and trip on stuff because their boots don't fit correctly. Yep. Yeah, it's terrible. Not even a green squad accompanied by a leader? Can he be stealthy? Oh, now there's a good question. Let's see. Let me think. Um... No. No. Can crews ever be considered green or conscripts? No. No. Can half squads ever be considered green or conscript? Well, we were. So, yes. Yes. That's correct. And single man counters no, ever... were gray. We're gray. Yeah. <laughs> Can single man counters ever be considered green or conscript troops? No. No. So it only applies to multi-man counters yeah. that are squads and half squads. I think. But you would think a six plus one leader, you know? He's kind of inexperienced on his own, but no, he doesn't have to yeah, take he doesn't all have that. any of that. Okay. Yep. So you might be wondering, what are those rules for that? Well, it is 19.3. Inexperienced personnel have some restrictions. A green multi-man counter stacked with an unbroken leader is exempt from the restrictive rules of inexperienced personnel, which always apply to the conscripts and unarmed units, regardless of leader presence. So, so the, green is better than inexperienced in that case. Indeed, yes. Okay. And movement... How many movement points do the green or conscript counters get? Three. Three is correct. How many times have you forgotten that in the game? Three. That is correct. No, actually, I, I never, I, I never got that one, down. That one I've yeah. got down. Yeah, of all the rules, <laughs> that's the one I remember. <laughs> yeah, but I think you can run a IFT shot pretty effectively without referring to the rule book, too, though. So you're, oh, you're okay. not giving yourself enough credit. Okay. Now that is except when being carried or mounting or dismounting any form of conveyance. Conveyance. That's a good word. Oh. That's a good word. Okay. How yes. often do you hear the word conveyance? Today, three times <laughs> in a fairly short period. Um really they have a different because when you Move on the vehicles, it's a quarter of your movement yeah. reduction for every quarter spent by the vehicle. And I think if you only go with the three thing, it screws everything up. It's too much math. I think the math would be yeah. screwed up. Okay. So when they're on a vehicle, you just, the vehicle moves its 
norm and then if they're uh mounting or dismounting you just count them as the four and then take a quarter off for every yeah. okay can they still use the two movement factor bonus for movement in a stack with a leader uh yes yes and that one i did have to think about the other day i think dave and i looked it up like well wait is it only one i don't know why would every <laughs> well wait he's a three movement points but he's with the leader does he get the full two or is it like half like one i have no idea why that popped in my head general confusion yeah well it doesn't surprise me uh, i mean not because it's you but it could make I, I a better rule too. yeah but it could be a more complicated rule yeah we don't need that do green infantry moving in such a stack with the leader have the normal six movement factors no they do remember oh the green are exempt from That's certain right. things yeah. yeah okay so six do berserk human wave type an experienced infantry still receive eight movement factors you you are brutal you okay. just think of all the times people have gone berserk has yeah, that I ever they, mattered no i don't think so right so we're playing it right yeah know? yeah you would think well wait a minute they only get three yeah so yeah they go crazy just like anybody else okay. maybe and then the breakdown number rule 19.32 support weapon the breakdown number of any support weapon used by inexperienced personnel is reduced by how much? The breakdown number of an experience. Oh, it's reduced. Because they're inexperienced. They're yeah. Gonna break it more they're often. Break it more often. By how many? One, one. or two. It's one is one. correct. Yeah. Okay. When they cower to inexperienced personnel or a fire group containing inexperienced personnel, cower. Yes. Selection has said when they cower. Yes, that's correct. They can cower. And then do they shift two columns to the left on the IFT table when they cower down? Or is it three columns? Or is it four columns down? Oh, my gosh. Just uh, two. Just two. They're yeah. not that bad. Yeah. A mixed fire group of regular squads and inexperienced personnel. So you got your 447 and your 337, whatever. May thus prove to be a liability because the presence of the inexperienced dudes can penalize the performance of the fire group as a whole. Yes. So, yeah. Really kick, figure, figure it out. Is it worth putting that conscript into that fire group shot? Right. In a patsy, do you remember what it stands for, patsy? We just say the word patsy all the time. We just say patsy. It's a uh, personnel artificial and uh, artificial intelligence check. It, it is a pre-armor attack task check. Wow. Maybe. Is it really? I think it is. It's pre-armor, yes. Because I always thought that's weird words. It's a, a weird word. Yeah, that's, that's funny that because I. Attack task check. You know, I don't know. That is funny that I can't remember what that is. So when inexperienced take the patsy, they must pass a one test check, not a normal test check. So they're, it's worse for them. Okay. 
And is the close combat value when they jump in, if they jump in with that tank for close combat, is their value changed because they're an experience? I got to think so. Does it go down? It is. Go down one or something? It, would it go up or down? Um, oh, it would go up. No, it would go down. Down is yeah. harder. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. right. Down. You just got to roll low. That's right. And it goes down by one, one less. Sometimes I live in the upside down world where up is down and down is up. And I'm I'm adding instead of subtracting. Do you ever do that anymore? No. Oh. Okay, let's move on. I mean, <laughs> rules for ASL that don't exist. Can instead. we cut that? Can we cut that part out? Yeah, I'll, I'll so remember. People don't think I'm a dope. Yeah, I'll remember to take it. Okay. Dave has been taking is, care of me all these years. It's our little secret. <laughs> do, 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 little secrets. I'm going to all go higher. Um, so the question was, is it one greater or one less than normal infantry on the close combat value? But who's to say what's normal, Jeff? I asked you that. You're so woke. Who's to say? Yeah, it's who's true. To say? Yeah, you're right. MMP? It's all normal. It's all normal. MMP. Who are you to say? Yeah. It's up. It's up to each individual guy to decide. Yes, it yeah. is. If you ask who died and made MMP the boss, yeah, me, really, it was Avon Hill. Oh yeah, that's right. Oops, get it. That's an original joke. <laughs> Capture. Now we're getting near the end. 19.35 capture. Are green or inexperienced troops harder to capture in close combat? No. No. They're easier. You get to apply a, a neg one dial modifier instead of the plus one for the normal capture attempt. Okay. Again, who's to say what's that, normal? Yeah. When attempting to capture an inexperienced personnel unit in close combat, you get the minus one easier to capture. If prisoners are counting double sometimes, why not? Yeah. Just trying not to make them feel bad. But, right. You know yeah. what? You can go easy on them. Yeah. Yeah. They're people. Like me bullying the kids playing paintball. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Playing paintball, and they're like up the step, and I know I got to run up the stairs, and they'll be shooting like at my head as it emerges from the stairwell. So I just start yelling. Did you make me shoot you up close? Right. Don't shoot me, kids. Please don't shoot at me. And did they shoot you? No. Oh. That group surrendered. When I got plugged in the belly and had that. Oh, yes. Like that, that, that was when Nicholas turned. We had agreed no shooting up close. We should just surrender. Because this was like a later game. And and then he I surprised him just again. Surrender, I got you from behind. Not, I didn't think I had to bully him into surrender, scare him into surrender. And he just turned, fired, fired. He didn't even know how close I was when I said this. Whoa. Damn. I was like, oh, I should have just shot him. <laughs> but anyway. It's just like how Brandon Lee died. So you got to be careful. Which one was he? Bruce Lee's son. Oh, yes. Died on the set of The Crow. Is that the name of the movie? Yes. The you are right. Yeah. And the uh, Houdini. 
Houdini. Did yes. he get punched in the stomach or something? Yeah, uh, something like he died. I, I can't actually remember. Internal injury or something. Yeah. Though. I think he had a burst appendix and he yeah. was still performing or something. I, I don't know any of the facts. I just watched the movie. <laughs> you seen the movie with Tony Curtis? No. It's a very good movie. Okay. It's, there's probably no truth to it at all. Could be. Because that was the way they made movies those days. But Tony Curtis was great. 193.36 lacks. Our inexperienced personnel lacks. Not for lacks of trying. <laughs> uh, our inexperienced personnel, yes, I think they are. They I are. Inexperienced personnel are lax. Yep, those lazy butts. Yeah. They are in, They are lax. Yeah. Which then, what? what is the rules for lax to... Hmm, you're worse in ambush... Mm, or something else, but we don't have to go into that because this is covering rule 19, and that is done. That is the end of 19. How about that? It is done. I don't know what's next. Well, next show, we Sorry. might have an interview with some Kansas City ASL players. Oh, yeah, I, I hope so. I'd really like to hear from those guys. That could be good. Yeah, if you like to talk about ASL, drop us a line. So, and do we? We'll have you on the show. Well, actually, we don't like to talk about. ASL. We just play people like that on a podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So our next clip is, however, the close combat scenario pack from oh, the yes. Kansas ASL guys. Yes. And I'll take a little deep dive into those. Okay, good. It'll be about 15, 20 minute little episode here. Right. We'll add it right here. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Hello, everyone. It's time to take a look at the 2019 March Madness close combat pack. First of all, in the designer notes, the uh, authors uh, reflect that close combat is fun. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of casualties uh, comes down to being dicey, but it's a game after all, boys and girls. People involved in this uh, playtesting play is Kevin Adams, Dan Best, Dave Moreski, Mark Fisher, Brad, Kevin Brad Bradshaw, Paul Works, Tony Pearson, James True, Scott Martin, Nathan Wegner, Ryan Ellett, Raymond Weston, Rex Lowen, Tom Meyer, and George Kirkwood. And we'll cover the designers of the scenarios as we take a look at them. First up, MM52, Riverfront Property, played on two half boards here, 22 and 40. There's uh, nine plus Russians defending in Stalingrad, and there's... About a dozen Germans squads attacking. All these have some small support weapons, you can see. And according to special rules, the terrain is switched up, which this screen, you got some roads becoming gullies, trenches back there by the river. The river is not frozen. And uh, at the start of any German phase, movement phase, one multi-man counter in the same location with an unbroken 992 German leader may be temporarily designated fanatic during that movement phase. Germans have ammo shortage, and then the Russian can declare the close combat. Hand-to-hand. -hand. Can declare the hand-to-hand -hand combat. And MM52 was designed by Kevin Adams, whereas Moranowska 6 is de designed by Dan Bess. It's MM353, and this little number takes place in the middle 
of these two boards, and this has the partisans, Jewish partisans in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising against the Germans and initial troops, which are Axis miners that are set up around a perimeter. So let's take a look at the scenario from the archive. You can see here they set up in the center of these two boards, DW7B and DW7A. And there's a lot of cool special rules on this, making it really unique. And close combat E, which would be that the um, one part partisan multi-man counter will battle harden at the end of the close combat phase for each enemy multi-man counter of equal size eliminated. So I don't know if they're arming up, probably, is what that represents. And the partisans can exit the playing area starting on player turn two. Uh without counting as casualties, because the Germans need to inflict greater than or equal to 10 CVP on the partisans. And the Germans went immediately upon controlling building Q10. So I'm not sure why you'd want to exit the playing area. Oh, for both of those, yeah. So they have to get the combat victory points and control the building, of course. And then the uh, partisans do not have upper level encirclement count against them. And they also can use the sewer movement. That's all the fun stuff that you want. There's no quarter, of course. And if the partisans are claiming the Q10 victory building TEM, they're treated as out of line of sight enemy units for concealment gain purposes. So that'll help them to survive. There's really the interesting that the partisans are using the Chinese communist rules, W7, and they have Maltov and sewers, as we said, and they get a hip for a squad that's set up in the initial Q10 building. MM54, designed by Scott Mullins. Lump holds the line. Lump is a leader of the German side, and he gets the option to go berserk here and take some people with him, uh, becoming more likely as the play goes on. Again, on turn two, each friendly rally phase, you make a die roll to see if he goes berserk. Die roll less than or equal to the turn number. And then uh, guys in his and adjacent to his location go berserk also. Be a lot of fun as the Russians are coming, five turn game. At the, the side, I like the victory condition at game end, the side controlling the most non-entirely blazing building hexes south of Hexro J is the winner. And you can set five blazes alternating by player at the beginning, which represents a artillery pounding that set a lot of the village on fire here in Russia in 1943. No quarter, of course, hand-to-hand, -hand, of course also going on. And uh, when you go berserk, you can attack the Russian, even if you cannot see them. Line of sight in the board looks like this from the scenario archive. Great little review of the game there. MM55, Johnny Wan is an interesting little number by Paul Works. 
and it has uh, board 61 40, and 43 with the little overlays, so two. And the orchards are olive groves and the buildings are wooden. And there is a blaze that started out here um, in 43I7. All open ground hexes are considered hamada, hamada, hamada. And it's got a Noba with a you know, SFCP directing it. And the British are on this hill. Johnny One is one of three hills, apparently, along the near Primasol Bridge, it says here in the history. And there are about a dozen British up there, two pillboxes, sand guards, setting up on Hill 517. And then Italian prisoners set up on or adjacent to Hill 517 that were captured previously, apparently. And the Germans have over a dozen squads coming in and some PSW-222s and some reconnaissance element, a 81 mortar. Those are always fun. Sandgars are rally terrain for the British only. Pillboxes must be placed in a certain area on 61 F5 near it. And both sides may create sandgars as if creating foxholes. And then this interesting rule about the prisoners, these Italian prisoners, well, the victory conditions, Germans win by having more good order VP than the British at level one or two on the hill. For both sides, British and German prisoners do count, but unguarded, unarmed Italian multi-man counters do not. Unguarded unarmed Italian command counters do not. So if you're regarding them, well, the unarmed Italian prisoners, um, special rule five, British player records a unit ID for each unarmed MMC. These units may be left unguarded, but are controlled by the British player when the British, while under British control, an Italian unarmed MMC may only advance and may not attempt escape or scrounging. At the instant a German unit becomes adjacent to an unguarded, Italian unarmed MMC, the unarmed unit takes a morale check. If the morale check is passed, the unarmed unit reverts to German player control and movement and escape and scrounging restrictions are removed. If the morale check has failed, the unarmed Italian unit is removed from the game. So that looks like that's going to make it a whole lot of fun. Get, getting up on that hill, getting into some close combat, and seeing what you can do with those Italian, 10 Italian prisoner counters. MM56, Sweat Talk Chong is by Scott Mullins here. Sweat Chain, I don't know how to pronounce that. The Chindits here in Burma in what year here, 44, are trying to get across a bridge and they have six Japanese and two crews, two medium machine guns, Two pillboxes, four trenches, defending on the other side of the river as about a tw 10 and squads and some half squads, three lights, a flamethrower, a DC, and three 60 millimeter mortar are trying to come across here. If I screen share the screen, take a look at the board. It looks like the from the ASL archive. You can see there's a bridge across this river and there's two fours that are placed on there. There's huts, uh, PTO, 
rules are in effect and the XG10 needs to be taken, which looks like it's here, be controlled. So that's going to set you up for your close combat with your uh, no quarter. And Chindit's getting to declare the hand-to-hand -hand also here. And um, pretty simple, well, simple, but a lot of not a lot of complex rules or complex victory condi conditions, but a fascinating setup with this bridge you got to get across here against the enemy. M57, Fortress Verkors by Dan Best. The Germans are going to need to control like an area on the big long hills boards, 81 and 83. It's a four and a half turn, quick one, with four partisans set up, French partisans, and a mortar, LMG, 15 concealment counters. And I think the Germans are coming on, yep, entering from off board. So that can be a lot of dummy stacks. And the there is... Uh, Crag is concealment terrain and ambush terrain in this one. We'll take a look at the boards from the ASL scenario archive. It's the makes the big mountain in the middle kind of thing. And the Germans went immediately when hexes, certain number of hexes which go through a valley here, I believe, are cleared and all hexes adjacent to those cleared of partisan units, including the concealment stacks or dummy stacks, concealment markers. And the partisans have um, hip with that mortar and the squad with it has to be manned by a little crew, 127. And the partisans get the hand-to-hand -hand declaration if they want it. And the Germans are considered commandos for climbing purposes, because uh, there is steep hills, steep hills in effect on MM57. It's taking place in France, 1944. MM58, Passing in the Night by Dan Fast, takes place on Angar Island, Blau, and September 44. The Americans are entering nine and a half or so squads, leaders, medium machine guns, trip flares, and mortars. It's night. The um, Japanese have six squads, four crews, the heavies, mediums, lights, and 81 millimeter mortars and 50 millimeter mortars. And the Americans may set up in a foxhole. And why are they entering? Maybe I'm missing something on this one. Um, here is what the board looks like from our friends at DSL Archives. Board 52, I remember using that one a lot with the Finns. It says the Americans enter on the south edge and the Japanese setup, but that's probably flipped because the Japanese win in the victory conditions here by exiting 10 victory points off the north edge. In addition to infantry exit victory points, the Japanese receive victory points for exiting the weapons off the north edge here. They get points for one point for a medium, two for a 50 millimeter mortar, heavy, 
machine guns were three and uh, the 81 mortars were four. So that's kind of cool. And they get points for the themselves for exit victory points. Night range two, Japanese is the scenario attacker. Yep. And Americans are the defender. So that helps clarify things here. Ground, uh, railroad was ground level. And that looks like a heck of a lot of fun. Four and a half turns. Again, these are nice quick actions. Dave Timmon and I are doing some of these quick action scenarios after we had played a lot of the Korean large ones. And having just mentioned that these are small, we get to M58 pass. No, we did that one. M59 Wildcat Bowl. And this looks like a wild one indeed by Dan Fest. Boards 39 and 47. And it is Japanese resistance on Angar Island. The either side went immediately upon inflicting great equal to 25 victory points. And Americans get two victory points for each cave pillbox eliminated or controlled at game end. So you have maybe a dozen Japanese units with the usual assortments from heavy down to 60 C's and mortars, AT gun, infantry gun, 12 cave counters, three pillbox, six trenches, eight foxholes, 10 panjis, four roadblocks, and three PFZs. AP mines, 42 factors, also listed here. And the Americans, the Wildcats, divisions coming up with about a dozen squads. And leaders and flamethrower and 40 Cs and some light mortars, a radio that'll call in a 100 millimeter OBA. Take a look at the board again. Looks like an intense one here. There will be a tank battalion entering four M4A1s entering at the beginning, turn one on the south edge there, and or along the east edge on 39, on or south of 39A5. And break out your cave rules. I know a lot of you won't play that. Dave and I have played all those scenarios with the caves. Me and other people, also other players back in the day, but that's a large one. It's going to go nine turns to accomplish all that mayhem. This pack also comes with a diagram of boards 39 and 47 for recording all your hidden stuff on there. Set up. It's going to help a lot. You're going to have all that hip stuff that I always forget I even have on the board. At the end of the game. Oops, I forgot that guy was there. I forgot that trench was there, etc., etc. So, looks like a great pack you got from Kansas Guys, March Madness, Close Combat Pack. So, there you go. Lots of fun close combat situations, like where they set it up, where the trenches, you got to take the trench, you got to go in there and Things like that it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, very good, Dave. Thank you for doing that. And thank you, Kansas City ASL. Yeah. Who are sponsoring this show. Thanks to that free product, as well as Bounding Fire Productions. Our usual sponsor, Bounding Fire Productions. They have been the rock of this podcast for quite a while. Quite a while we now. Appreciate their support very much, along with all the Patreons, patrons that we have for yep. Patreon. 
or Patreons, as yes. they pronounce it on oh, that, that, music, they pronounce that it? music show I listen to. Um, Patreons, la di da. They say Patreons. I'm like, no, it's Patreons. No, Patreon. GIF. Uh, I don't know. GIF. Yeah. One's a peanut butter. But for th thanks, everybody, for supporting us. Indeed. I'm always amazed when we run a contest, how we'll hear from people we've never heard from before that are still enjoying the show, which is very gratifying. And uh, it's just good. It makes me feel good all under. Yep. Yeah. Like me. Yes. After the kayak accident. That's right. I, I'm going to post should that I picture. Post, should we post the picture? I don't think you should post the picture. <laughs> That's a little too much information. Okay. Yeah. I won't then. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you're okay. Until next time, roll low and rally well, but, but not, not when you're playing us. us. Mm -hmm. Toodaloo. Bye, everyone. Toodaloo, everybody. See you next time.